I want to talk about something actually serious uh, right now today. Uh, if you're on any kind of social media, I am sure you've seen the hashtag MeToo. Everybody has seen MeToo, right? Okay. Uh, it was started by actress uh, Alyssa Milano. She tweeted out, if all women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote MeToo as a status, we might give people a sense of magnitude of the problem. So millions of people have come out posting MeToo. I applaud them all. I think it's brave and I think it's important to speak out and not by shame by anyone. It is not always easy, but we have to do that. And that's why I posted, and I will say it right now out loud, me too. Um, Earlier this month, a revelation sent an earthquake around the world. One woman's courage has made it easier for women to talk out about sexual assault than ever. The hashtag caught fire over the weekend when actress Alyssa Milano tweeted a call-out to victims. She did this following the New York Times publishing a series of allegations against movie mogul Harvey Weinstein. Cara Delevingne comes forward claiming Harvey Weinstein sexually harassed her. In a statement posted to her Instagram Wednesday, the model detailed her alleged experience with the movie mogul. Overnight, yet another member of the Weinstein Company's Board of Representatives has stepped down. According to a source in a position to know, an actress Rose McGowan in several posts online is revealing more about what she says happened between her and Harvey Weinstein. I didn't know about these things, but they don't surprise me at all, and they're endemic to the system. Emma Thompson firmly believes Harvey Weinstein is a sexual predator and far from the only one in Hollywood. And other stars have been quick to praise and spread her message. The British actress says she was not aware of the sexual harassment and abuse accusations against Weinstein that were unearthed by the New York Times and New Yorker exposés. Hello, I'm Poppy Damon, and this is IWI's podcast, Audio Raw. I did have plans for this week's episode, a number of interviews that hopefully we will to revisit in a couple of weeks. But sometimes things come up that are so important, they're impossible to ignore. Today I'm here to talk about two things. The original story of the woman who used the words Me Too, not the women you might expect, and the story of men holding their hands up to misconduct and the power that holds. Coming up. So Me Too is largely about empathy. We, we use a term called empowerment through empathy. Um, and it's about, it's, it's short. And, succ and succinct, but it's powerful. Part one, meet activist Tarana Burke. The seeds of the Me Too movement were planted in 1996 when Burke was a youth camp director. After an all-girl bonding session, a young girl asked to speak to Burke privately. She describes this encounter on the Just Be website. For the next several minutes, this child struggled to tell me about her stepdaddy, or rather her mother's boyfriend, who was doing all sorts of monstrous things to her developing body. I was horrified by her words. The emotions welling inside of me ran the gamut, and I listened and how I literally could not take it anymore, which turned out to be less than five minutes. Then, right in the middle of her sharing her pain with me, I cut her off and immediately directed her to another female counsellor who would help her better. Burke said she never forgot the look on the girl's face. The shock of being rejected the pain of opening a wound only to have it abruptly forced close again. It was all in her face, she wrote. I couldn't help her release her shame or impress upon her that, that nothing that had happened to her was her fault. I could not find the strength to say out loud the words that were ringing in my head over and over again as she tried to tell me what she had endured. I watched her walk away from me as she tried to recapture her secrets and tuck them back into their hiding place. 
I watched her put her mask back on and go back into the world like she was all alone and I couldn't even bring myself to whisper, me too. That was the genesis of the movement, to help young women of colour who had survived sexual abuse, assault and exploitation. She told CNN recently, on one side, it's a bold declarative statement that I'm not ashamed and I'm not alone. On the other side, it's a statement from survivor to survivor that says, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, I'm here for you, I get it. It started because I'm a survivor of sexual violence. I spent many years in my early 20s, late teens and early 20s, trying to figure out what healing looked like for myself. I um, talked to a lot of people, um, close friends and community, and where I found the most um, safe space was when people empathized with my experience. I also believe in the beauty of Me Too. I believe in the beauty of people, of being in community and supporting each other. And what we've seen for the last 24 hours are is what community looks like when people support each other. And survivors are really the only ones who truly understand other survivors. And I think that's been one of the most wonderful things to come out of, out of the hashtag blooming. For women who feel like that their stories aren't as important or aren't important enough to say me too, I, I'd like to talk about the spectrum of gender-based violence, right? Gender-based violence starts on one end with sexual harassment and runs the gamut to murder. And so there's no story that's unimportant. There's no person whose experience shouldn't be validated. There's nobody who can't express you know, or disclose what has happened to them and, and that everybody's important. So I say to those women, you can stand up and talk about it. There's somebody else who's had your very experience who doesn't want to talk about it, who you might help when they hear that, oh, that's, you know, exactly what happened to me. Tell your story if you feel compelled to tell it because not only will it help somebody else, it will help you. So um, my daughter is also a survivor. Um, and it was something that was very difficult for us. It was very difficult for me. The movement has now taken on a life of its own. It started with young people, and Burke quickly realised adults needed it too. And now we see the numbers particularly staggering on Twitter and Facebook. The hashtag MeToo has been used 825,000 times on Twitter. And on Facebook, in 24 hours, it had reached 4.7 million people. Uh the narrative should be shifted. I think men showing support, men talking to other men, I think it's phenomenal. I've seen a lot of people hashtagging I believe you um, on their statuses and I think it's great. We should have a conversation about consent. We should be having conversations about what men can do to stop sexual violence. It's a, it's a massive movement and I just hope that we don't stop talking about it when the hashtag dies down. I, I get the question a lot about um, you know, what next and what next is to keep going. Part two, the role of men. I think it's important to flag that there are two parts of the role of men in this discussion that we've seen. The first is having a number of high-profile men speak out about their own experience of sexual assault, including people like Tom Jones. The second is the thousands of men willing to come out and say that was me and owning their involvement in a spectrum of sexual assault. We now have seen the discussion of sexual assault spread to music, modeling, sport, and politics. Oprah describes this as a watershed moment. Let's take it. I'm Poppy Damon. This has been Audio Raw, and a special episode all about Me Too. Tune in for the next two months' episodes where we're going to meet some of the people involved in the IWI organisation. Thanks for listening. <laughs>